Hi, this is Ask Mom RN with your host, Tamara Walker. I'm a mom of two, a pediatric registered nurse, and your friend. I give practical advice to raise a healthier, safer, and happier family. Vaccines save lives. And today I'm going to talk with you about dispelling some of those myths that surround vaccines and some of the concerns that parents have about giving vaccinations to their children. So we're going to talk about six myths about vaccines. And this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart because I am a pediatric nurse and this is something that I feel very passionately about because Vaccines have saved so many lives over the years, and they are crucial to protecting not only our children, but everyone in our community. And it upsets me that there's so much misinformation out there, and it confuses parents it worries them, it causes them unnecessary stress. And I know that, you know, if you're a parent, you want to do the best that you can do for your children and you want to protect their health and take care of them. And when we have conflicting information, it makes it really difficult sometimes to figure out what really is the truth and what is fiction or myths. So we're going to dispel some of those common myths that a lot of people still believe about vaccines. And I hope that by the end of today's show, you will feel like you have the proper information and the right information to help you decide what's best for your child and to make you feel more comfortable and assured that you're doing right by your child. So one of the things that comes to mind when I think about vaccines and parents not choosing to give their children vaccines is it takes me back to when I was a nursing student. Back in 1990, I had taken a job at a local hospital during the summer between my junior and senior year of college in nursing school and my very first patient that job was a newborn baby girl who was deathly ill from pertussis and at that time it really shocked me because I thought that we'd pretty much reduced the cases of pertussis to the point that you just didn't hear about people getting it anymore really And I was so surprised when they said that that was her diagnosis. I was like, well, how on earth did this baby get pertussis? And it turned out that, you know, she was a newborn. She was too young to have had any shots yet, any of her vaccinations. She was under the age of two months. And the um, diphtheria and tetanus and pertussis vaccine is typically not started until at least the age of two months. Well, this little baby was only a few weeks old, and her father, it turns out, had never been vaccinated himself. And he had been somehow exposed to pertussis. 
became ill with it and passed that to his baby daughter. And thankfully she survived, but it was very touch and go. And it was so upsetting to me to realize that this baby nearly died because of a decision that her grandparents had made to not vaccinate their son, this baby's father. And had he been vaccinated and not become ill with pertussis, then he wouldn't have passed it on to his newborn daughter who didn't have any immunity to it, was not old enough to receive the vaccine yet. You know, they almost lost this baby. And so when I think about parents not vaccinating their children and the effect that that can have on other people, I'm, I'm sure that these parents never dreamed that by not vaccinating their son, that their baby granddaughter in the future could possibly pass away one day from an illness that could have been prevented. So I feel very strongly about we have to get the proper information out there. We have to let parents know how important vaccines are. And I want you to have accurate information and not believe the myths. So today we're going to start out with the first myth that a lot of people worry about or believe is true about vaccines is that you can get sick from the vaccine, that your child can actually get the disease that they're being vaccinated against, or they can get um, some other illness from a vaccine. Now, the truth is your child could have a reaction to the vaccine. That is possible. It's very common for kids to get a mild fever or maybe even just feel a little, you know, run down at first, but usually reactions to vaccines are very mild. They, they may be a little irritable, not feel very well for, you know, a few hours or a day. Most of the time it's extremely mild though. And if you think about that versus actually getting the disease, it's a no brainer because some of these diseases are absolutely deadly. And that's why we give the vaccines in the first place. Now, if your child has a stronger reaction or seems to be having a, you know, an allergic reaction or something, then of course you want to notify your pediatrician and find out what to do. And it may be that, you know, there's a component of the vaccine that they may have a reaction to, but most of the time, most children are just going to have a very, very mild reaction, if any at all. A lot of kids don't have any reaction whatsoever. But I recommend in order to help your child feel more comfortable when they get their vaccines, give them some acetaminophen about 30 minutes prior to their vaccines. So if you know your child is going to be getting their booster shots and their vaccines at the doctor's office, you know, maybe give a dose of Tylenol before you go. That will help with the pain of the injection and also if they should develop a mild fever afterwards, or just some uncomfortable achiness, that can help to take care of that and you know give it every few hours 
for that day if they seem to need it. A lot of kids, one dose and they're done and they're good and you don't need to worry. But believing that your child could get sick from the vaccine and letting that keep you from giving your child a vaccine is not accurate and it shouldn't be a concern. My youngest child, when he received the chickenpox vaccine, when he was a year old, had a mild reaction. He had a little bit of a fever, and he actually broke out in three little chickenpox-looking blisters right around the injection site. But it ended up not being a real big deal for him, and I would much rather him have that than have a full-blown case of chickenpox. Um, and also, my husband, who had never had chickenpox as a child, uh, it was recommended that he receive the varicella vaccine, which is the chickenpox vaccine, at the same time that our children received it. And he got it on the same day they did. He actually ended up with a very, very mild case of chickenpox after receiving the vaccine. Um, so he did have kind of a, a reaction to it. But the good thing was, is he had such a mild case that it ended up not being very big deal. And it was much better than if he had ever broke out in chickenpox as an adult. Because chickenpox is one of those that's actually worse the older you get. And for an adult, a lot of times they end up hospitalized. And so I, you know, I had a friend in high school who had chickenpox in high school and he ended up in the hospital and nearly died from chickenpox. So it's, you know, people used to think chickenpox was no big deal. They'd even have chickenpox parties to expose their kids if, if one friend got chicken pox, then everybody wanted to expose their kids and just get them all over with. We don't do that anymore. That's not safe. That's not a good idea. The vaccine is important because even though a lot of kids get through chicken pox without a big problem, some kids can become severely, severely ill and end up in the hospital. And kids have even died from chicken pox. So get your vaccines, get your kids vaccinated. Don't worry about them getting sick from the vaccine. Just give them some Tylenol beforehand. Watch out for reactions, but most kids aren't going to have a big reaction. Second myth around vaccines is that natural immunity is best. A lot of vaccine critics claim that natural immunity lasts longer than the immunity that comes from being vaccinated but that's really not true in most cases. And the problem is that natural immunity comes from actually having a disease. So that's actually much more dangerous than getting the vaccine. For one example, all the children affected by a recent outbreak of measles in Minnesota a few years ago, they, they'll now have natural immunity but more than half of them ended up having to be hospitalized as a result of their infections. So the truth is, is we don't always have natural immunity to these diseases. And that's why these vaccines were created was to protect us. So it's important for you to talk with your child's pediatrician about which vaccines they need and when they need to get them and realize that Natural immunity is not always best because you don't want your child to get these diseases so that they can be immune to them later. That's kind of, you know, it doesn't even make sense. 
The third myth about vaccines is that childhood vaccines contain mercury. And this is a biggie because this also plays into another myth that we are going to talk about a little bit later, that a lot of parents over the years have been concerned about mercury being in childhood vaccines. And the truth is, is that yes, they did used to contain thimerosal, which is a, a form of mercury as a preservative. But thimerosal was removed from childhood vaccines in the United States back in 2001. So 16 years ago, they removed thimerosal from the childhood vaccines and it is still present in some influenza or flu vaccines that are currently available if they are in a multi-dose vial. But the flu vaccine also comes in thimerosal-free versions. So if you're concerned about it, you know, you can get the thimerosal-free version of the flu vaccine. But it is no longer in childhood vaccines, so you don't need to worry about it. Our fourth myth around vaccines is that there's no harm in delaying vaccines, which is not true. Vaccines work best at preventing potentially fatal illnesses when they are administered according to the schedule that is recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics and other children's health organizations. And this schedule was designed in order to make sure that our children are protected at the youngest age possible and that our most vulnerable populations are protected. So delaying a vaccine is kind of like buying a new car and then waiting a year to start wearing the seatbelts in that car to protect yourself. I mean, you just, you wouldn't do that. And I used to believe a few years ago that, you know, maybe delaying vaccines or spreading them out um, might be a good idea because I was concerned about the possibility of, you know, there was a lot of controversy going on about autism and vaccines and, you know, maybe we're overloading their system, maybe giving too many vaccines at one time is just too much for their bodies and maybe we should spread them out or delay them. But what I have found out over the years, the more research that I've done, I have found that, you know, the antigens that our kids are receiving in vaccines, even though they're receiving more vaccines now than we used to in previous generations, the actual antigen load that they're receiving, and antigens are the actual, um, you know, bacteria or viruses that we're trying to become immune from by giving the vaccines, the actual antigen load is, has been reduced over the years. So kids are getting less of an antigen load than previous generations did, even though they're being vaccinated against more diseases. And what I found out was that kids are exposed to more antigens, which I said, you know, are bacteria, viruses, toxins in their environment, every day just from eating and drinking and playing and breathing just from their environment than they are receiving from vaccines. So delaying vaccines is not necessary 
and your kid could become exposed to a disease that they, you know, and become ill from it when it wasn't necessary, if they had received their vaccines on time. You know, several years ago, I believe it was 2007 or 2008, Dr. Robert Sears, who I have incredible, tremendous respect for, and I've interviewed him on my show in the past, and um, I, I know how passionate he is about taking care of children's health. He's one of America's leading pediatric doctors, and I um, believe wholeheartedly that he wants what's best for America's children. He had come out with a delayed vaccine schedule a few years ago, and this caused a lot of controversy. And what he said was that he still recommended that parents follow the vaccine schedule set out by the American Academy of Pediatrics. But if parents were not going to vaccinate their children because they didn't want to follow that schedule, then he offered this alternative, this delayed vaccine schedule, because he felt like it was more important to give parents an alternative and a choice in making sure that their child did end up eventually getting the vaccines they needed rather than parents just choosing not to vaccinate their children at all because they were concerned about the current schedule. So while I once believed that it might be a good idea possibly or that there may no, not be harm in delaying vaccines, I've changed my stance on that and I really believe that we need to get the vaccines given on the schedule that is recommended by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And when you're looking for information for your child's health, you need to be sure that you are looking at, incred at credible sources, such as the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, the World Health Organization, the Centers for Disease Control. These are valid, reliable sources that you can trust. There's a lot of sources on the internet and out there that provide misinformation that ends up causing confusion and concern and worry when there doesn't need to be concern and worry and confusion. Don't put yourself through that. Look for the credible sources, and those are the ones that I just mentioned, the Academy of, American Academy of Pediatrics, the CDC, which is Centers for Disease Control, and the World Health Organization. So find out from your doctor what schedule your children need to have their vaccines on and follow that schedule. Myth number five about vaccines is vaccines are given according to a one-size-fits-all approach to public health. Well, actually, vaccines are given according to a schedule for the general population, but there are children or people who are immunocompromised or may have certain illnesses or allergies to vaccines, and so they may not be able to receive some of the vaccines that are available, or they may have to do it on a different schedule. And then we also have, you know, 
state exemptions allowed for religious purposes and other reasons. And so, you know, parents are given a choice most of the time about when and how to vaccine, vaccinate their children or whether to even vaccinate them at all. But going back to, again, we need to do the best to protect our children that we can. So talk with your doctor, find out what is right for your child. If you have concerns that your child may have a health condition that could affect when and how they should get their vaccines, you need to discuss that with your pediatrician and find out what is right for your individual child. And the biggie, myth number six, I told you we'd be talking about this. Vaccines cause autism. And this is probably the biggest myth surrounding vaccines that is out there. And it's been going around for many, many years. Because back in 1998, a British doctor by the name of Andrew Wakefield had published an article and he talked about a possible link between the measles, mumps, and rubella, which is the MMR vaccine, and autism. However, in the years since, that study that he did has been debunked. Dr. Wakefield lost his medical license. And there have been dozens and dozens of studies done because of this, trying to find out, okay, do vaccines really cause autism? Is there any kind of link? Could there be a possible link that we don't know about? And one of the issues was the concern about thimerosal that we talked about in vaccines, that maybe that could cause a problem. Well, all the studies that have been done have shown no link between vaccines and autism. And going back to about thimerosal, the mercury in vaccines that we talked about, that was removed out of childhood vaccines back in 2001. And yet in the past 16 years, since that ingredient was removed from vaccines, we've still been seeing an increase in autism. If that had been the cause of autism, we would have expected to see a dramatic reduction in the cases of autism. And that has not been the case. So we need to trust that all of the research that's been done and literally there's been dozens and dozens of studies done. It shows no link and we need to believe that. I actually have a nephew, Cameron, who is 14 years old, who is living with autism. And I talked with my sister recently. We've talked a few times over the years about vaccines and about autism. And I asked her, did you ever worry about there being a link uh, between autism and vaccines? Were you worried about giving him vaccines? Or were you ever concerned that the vaccines could have caused his autism? And she very adamantly told me no, that she never for a minute believed that that was the cause. She has three other older children who are He's her youngest. She has three daughters who are older who all received their vaccines when they should 
on schedule, on time, all the vaccines they should receive. They never had a problem with them. She said she has no reason to ever believe that vaccines cause autism, and it actually frustrates her when she hears parents talking about they're not going to vaccinate their children because they're worried about autism. And the same sister actually works for a pediatric neurologist, and she's worked for another pediatric neurologist in the past, and they are both very staunchly for vaccinating children and believe that there's no link between vaccines and autism. So don't get caught up in the fake studies and news that are out there on some of the sites that you've got to look at credible sources like we talked about. Make sure that you're looking at the most credible sources. Don't worry about whether vaccines are going to cause your child autism. We don't know what causes autism. That's still being explored, but it's not vaccines. Get your child vaccinated. Now, this is my favorite part of the show when I get to answer your questions. And we have a question that was sent in from Jamie. And Jamie says, hi, Tamara. My child is supposed to get the MMR shots before he starts kindergarten. But I'm really scared to give it to him because I don't want him to get sick by giving it to him. And I'm scared that it could cause autism. There is so much conflicting info out there on the internet, and I'm reading a lot of different things. Is it safe? Well, Jamie, I understand. Like I said before, I know there is so much conflicting information out there. It can be difficult to determine what to believe and what not to believe, and that's why we're doing this show today, because I want you to be reassured that your child needs these vaccines. They are in your child's best interest. And you don't have to worry about them getting, he's not going to get the measles or the mumps from the vaccine. And he's not going to get autism from the vaccine. Those myths have all been dispelled. So do what's in your child's best interest. Talk to your child's pediatrician. Get the vaccines on schedule because that is the best way to protect him and make sure that you're looking up credible sources, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the CDC, and the World Health Organization have great information about vaccines. They can, you can check that all out and reassure yourself that you're doing the right thing by giving your child these vaccines to protect them. You have the right as a parent to know the truth and to know that what you're doing for your child is in your child's best interest. And I firmly believe that we have to dispel these myths and make sure that our kids are getting their vaccines, not only for their protection, but for the community at large, because there are people who are not able to get vaccines because of an illness or a medical condition, or in the case of the newborn baby that I talked about earlier with pertussis, they may be too young to have received some of these vaccines. So get your child vaccinated, 
Make sure you get your booster shots when they're due. As adults, we still need to get the tetanus shot and the diphtheria and pertussis tetanus shot is usually a combined shot. We need to make sure that we're up to date on those, not only to protect our own family, but to protect our community at large. Vaccines save lives. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been wonderful to be with you, and I look forward to being back with you next week. Join us again next week on Ask Mom RN. Have a fabulous week. 